Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Pastor Brian Medway, pastor of Grace Church here in Canberra, and also the leader of the Crosslink Christian Network in Australia. Welcome to History Makers, Brian. Thanks, mate. Good to talk to you. Right now, uh, we just had a bit of a coffee, and I've just uh, been able to find out a bit of your background. Uh, tell us uh, about your family upbringing here in Australia. Yeah, well, I was born in a little place called Gunning, New South Wales, which is um, just north of Canberra here, and uh, born into a uh, whole line of sheep raising farmers, and uh, so, yeah, they've been there since 1843, so I grew up on a farm. Okay, so you're a farm boy, and uh, probably brought up in a, in a good Aussie farming family, which there are plenty of them around the country. You became a Christian at the age of 19. Uh, tell us how that happened. Uh, well, the long story is, uh, no, I can't tell you the long story. <laughs> the short story is, it happened because I started going out with a school teacher from the local school, and uh, the local police sergeant reckoned I shouldn't have been, she shouldn't have been going out with me because I wasn't respectable. So a bunch of my mates in the pub one Friday night decided I'd need to do something to prove that I was respectable, and uh, so they all decided that I should go to church. Uh, so I asked her, well, she used to go to church, and um, so I said to her, when are you going to church next time? And so she she took me to the church in the next town, which is Gold, Goulburn, and I didn't realise that it was the last night of an evangelistic series of meetings um, and uh, in the local Baptist church there, and it was the eighth night, and the really funny thing is that the preacher had been preaching for seven nights already and nobody got saved, so I was really his reason for being there. All right, well, at 19, it must have been a uh, a big change for you in your life. Uh, tell us, um, how did all your friends and family react after you became a Christian? Did they notice the change? Well, they were all a bit shocked, and uh, uh, and the really funny thing was, down the local pub, the local SP bookie had a, uh, a wager out on me as to how long I'd last, so he was taking bets, and um, everyone lost. Well, you've done well so far. <laughs> now, uh, tell us uh, about your career at the time. You are working on the farm? Yeah, yeah, I, I just left school and uh, was working on the farm. That's all I planned to do for the rest of my life. After a, a year and a half or so of that, uh, God spoke to me about going to Bible college. So you became a uh, different kind of shepherd after that, I can imagine. Uh, tell us uh, what it was like for you at Bible college and then how you got into ministry after that. Yeah, well, I thought going to Bible college would be like heaven, you know, living with Christians. And uh, so Nola and I set off. We got married one August and went to Bible college next February. It was a shock of my life because the teaching was terrific, the training was great, but the the atmosphere was just amazing because... It was one of those really conservative Bible colleges where I had to call her Mrs. Medway in public and she had to call me Mr. Medway and all this kind of stuff. And so it was just like a uh, shock. And so uh, we sort of lasted that and then went off to do some more theological study. But um, yeah, uh, uh, the training was terrific and the Bible stuff was great. And uh, all I wanted to do was learn how to evangelize. So uh, yeah, it was um, it was good. And then tell us about uh, the first church uh, you were working with. Uh, how, how, how did that transition go? I finished up my training in Balmain in Sydney, and we'd got involved in a, a, a street kids ministry there that, um, in the end, hundreds of street kids. Uh, it was just like a nightmare, really. But God did some amazing things amongst those kids. And um, then the first, when I finally got ordained, I uh, got ordained in the Uniting Church, I went to Dorigo as a pastor there, so it was the first time I was actually in a church 
on my own uh, as a pastor. It was up in the country. It was great. It's good to hear you're a Dorigo boy. I'm an, an old Coffs Harbour boy, so we, uh, we've got that in common back in the north coast of New South Wales. Uh, and then uh, after your time at Dorigo, uh, you know, I, I understand you're involved in different churches. And then eventually here at Canberra, you felt the need to uh, come out of the Uniting Church and basically become an independent church. And out of that formed Crosslink. Tell us a little bit about how Crosslink started and, and what's it look like today. Yeah, well, when we uh, decided to separate from the Uniting Church, it was really not that we hated anybody. It was just that uh, we wanted to get on with the job and the institutional structure was a bit restrictive for us and we're always getting into trouble for something. So um, so we, we spent two months as a leadership, 50 leaders. At the end of that time, felt um, that... Well, I'll tell you just briefly how that happened because um, we were just praying and fi- trying to figure out what we should do. And I was in Adelaide uh, walking up in the hills. I was over in ministry over there. And God spoke to me at that time and said, don't follow Jonathan. And um, just those words. And so I just wondered what those words meant and, and just started to read in First Samuel about Jonathan. I thought Jonathan was a good bloke, which he was. But uh, I realized from reading First Samuel again that uh, Jonathan said to David, well, you know, you're going to be king and I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to serve you, and th- which is a really amazing thing for the son of the previous king to be serving the next king. And um, uh, but then in, in the last chapter of that book, it's just uh, it's a horrible chapter because what happens is Jonathan dies on on a battle in a battle with his father, and wrong battlefield, wrong cause. Wondered what those words meant, and and just started to read in First Samuel about Jonathan. I thought Jonathan was a good bloke, which he was. But uh, I realized from reading First Samuel again that uh, Jonathan said to David, well, you know, you're going to be king and I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to serve you, and th- which is a really amazing thing for the son of the previous king to be serving the next king. And, um, uh, but then in, in the last chapter of that book, it's just, uh, it's a horrible chapter because what happens is Jonathan dies on, on a battle, in a battle with his father and wrong battlefield, wrong cause, wrong association, and I realised that that's what we've been doing. We've been fighting the wrong battles on the wrong battlefield, and so I literally said, you know, out loud when I was reading this, I'm going to go find a decent battlefield to die on. I don't want to die on this battlefield, so that's why we did it. Crosslink uh, now has, you know, over 100 churches that's a part of it. Tell us about the makeup of that. Like, do you have regular conferences? Are they all in Australia? Tell us about what Crosslink's all about. Yeah, well, it's just started out with four or five churches uh, that were all a bit the same. Uh, very kingdom-hearted, you know, kingdom of God. So it wasn't that we were wanting to invent another denomination because we thought most of them were unhelpful, uh, ultimately. Uh, but just a bunch of mavericks weren't much use either. So you know, somehow we felt there was a set of connections there that were going to be useful. And so what we decided to do was simply help each other do whatever God told us to do. And um, we never expected – we did actually eventually become a denomination by the government standards. So we, you know, we can give people marriage um, credentials and all that. But I think that's that wasn't necessarily a good thing that we did, but we did it anyway. Uh, but the more important thing was to develop what I would call uh, genuine apostolic structures, and that is to say to help people figure out not just what God wants them to do, but who can help them do it. And so we've tried to find uh, some kind of local expression to the Ephesians 4 thing where you know, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers equip saints. So our last uh, 10 years of operation has been trying to find out how to do that. And 
we've basically done that uh, amongst the churches that have been connected across Link. Okay. Now, the other thing that I'm excited to hear about is, uh, you know, Canberra is getting together uh, for citywide prayer meetings, all the Anglicans, Catholics, Baptists, Bapticostals, you know, <laughs> uh, Pentecostals, all, all the different churches are getting together and, and praying at Parliament House. Tell us how that movement began and how it's affecting the city. Yeah, well, uh, you know, once again, it's a long story, but the short part of it is that God spoke to five pastors in the city about the state of the church in the city because there was lots of division, lots of mess going on, people's marriages getting broken up and all sorts of stuff, and it was chronic. Uh, and in the same year, it was about 16 years ago, in the same year, the same January, God spoke to five different people separately, and we just found each other, uh, you know, in a God kind of way. We knew each other, of course, but it was like, it was really amazing to find that each of the people had been spoken to and God said this is a spiritual problem and it needs a spiritual answer so we didn't know what the answer was so we just simply uh, rented a space in the local Catholic monastery place uh, once a month and used to spend half a day praying and uh, crying out to God and out of that came you know a uh, an expression of you know unity in the city um, there's about 240 different congregations in the Canberra region here and so uh, probably at the best a hundred and something of those were together and that's sort of taken different shapes and forms, but right now uh, there's a you know there's a strong set of relationships here, a, a, a strong trust between. And so this particular prayer meeting, you know, it's good for us because we can go rent the national parliament to go have a prayer meeting in, um, which is a bit simple because actually the prayer meeting in the Great Hall of Parliament House tonight uh, is actually sponsored by the Parliamentary Christian Fellowship by uh, Senator Ursula Stevens, who's the who's the chairperson of that uh, group at the moment. And so she is willing to sponsor that. And all the bishops and all the other people have agreed to, to support this. And it's just simply an hour and a half. It's not even you know all that long to be together. And so we'll just go there and all the leaders of all the churches will be there and their constituents. And you know we'll, we'll uh, try and fill that room. We've filled it a number of times uh, for prayer. And so we want to do that again. And uh, the idea of this prayer meeting is you know, it's, it's something that God gave to Steve Jones, who's uh, three pastor here but um but he just simply uh took this idea around and everyone said yeah let's do it and so you know uh, we're going up there and and uh, we're going to go pray for an hour and a half i'm just excited you know i shared with you before that i've got a, a vision to see suncorp stadium in brisbane filled um with uh, all the churches gathering together and praying you know from all over the nation and you know it, it can impact the city so much you were telling me that since the pastors of canberra have been gathering together it's affected pastor's marriage and the tenure of pastors. Tell us, how, tell us the fruit that you've seen. Yeah, well, um, when we started to get together, we just simply asked God to do two things. We asked God to, uh, to heal and stop marriages being decimated, you know. And uh, so the, that pretty much stopped, you know. Um, I can't, there probably have been leaders' marriages that have uh, been affected, but it certainly did stop in the in the you know gen- general sense. But then the other thing that happened was that the tenure of pastors and so forth. Um, we took a, a measurement um, some years ago now, and we realised that the tenure had more than doubled. So the average tenure, which was something like three years, uh, it, it was more than six years. And I think it's be more. It'd be more than that now. So what's happened is out of this set of relationships, you know, people. Uh, stay longer simply because there's a kind of a camaraderie, there's a sense of unity, and uh, so people don't get wiped out as easily as they used to. And they have more hope, so that's a great thing. There might be people listening, uh, Brian, that are thinking, you know, 
I have a belief in God. I, I, I know he's there, but I've never made a commitment uh, to, to become a Christian. Would you speak to those listeners and, and talk through how, how they would do that? Yeah, well, it's, you know, this is why it's a really simple deal because Christianity is not about an institution, not about a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's actually about a relationship. And so that relationship is ended by a commitment. Like every relationship is ended by a commitment. And so a relationship with Jesus simply is entered into by a commitment. And so if you simply decide to, uh, to open your heart to God and commit your life to Jesus Christ to follow him, you know, he will, he will make himself known to you. And that relationship, uh, with the help of the Word of God, the uh, Scriptures, will help um, bring about His plan for your life. And so it's a really wonderful thing because no matter where you come from, no matter what you've been doing, how you've been doing it, that can all stop uh, in a moment and a new life can start. And it just starts with a, a very simple commitment to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to connect to you. I want you to make yourself known to me. And those things happen in a very simple, personal way that you will become aware of and that God will um, he'll give, have custody of it. So just think about the wonderful thing of putting your life in the hands of a loving, compassionate, merciful God. It just starts with the prayer that you pray. That's how you do it. Now, if people are um, interested in uh, following that up with you, uh, uh, Brian, I know that um, you, you love people, you love chatting, uh, you love your technology, you'd be more than happy to respond to emails, I'm sure. Um, is there a website people could go to uh, for, for Grace uh, Canberra that they could have a look at? Uh, yeah, well, we, we do have a Grace Canberra website. It's called www.gracecanberraoneword.com.au and you can get onto that. Or you can you can email me uh, Brian at gracecamber.com.au. Love to do that. And if people are interested in finding out more about Crosslink, is there a website they can go to for that? Yeah, well, that's uh, again www.crosslinknetwork.com.au. So uh, yeah, you can uh, find out stuff there, and we'd be happy to talk to you through that. Well, mate, I reckon you're a history maker. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Matt. Good on you. If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com, and also you can make a donation if you'd like. I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.